Hiya, Duncan Green here with the weekly roundup of posts on the From Poverty to Power blog. We kicked off with one of those really nice overviews from The Economist. I'm a big fan of The Economist, uh, especially when they're not writing about economics. Um, I think they're really interesting on uh, development, among other things. And this was a, a piece, a sort of overview on road deaths, which if, if anybody you know, works in development, they will have come across partners, friends, colleagues who've either been very badly injured in road accidents around the world or um, have died. And um, the numbers are truly shocking. So road traffic accidents kill still about one and a quarter million people a year. So that's three times the number of people who die from malaria, for example. And the, the Economist article sort of looked a little bit at almost like a Kuznets curve of how road deaths vary with the state of development of a country. So when a country is very poor, the roads are bad, traffic is slow, road deaths are quite low. Then as the, um, as the country gets a bit richer, it starts to build um, uh, better roads, traffic speeds up, more people have cars, and the, the carnage begins. The road deaths go up and up and up. And then only when a, a, a country gets to a certain level of wealth does it normally start to invest in safety measures, um, you know, enforce traffic regulations, seat belts, helmets, drink and drive and that kind of thing. So you get a kind of, uh, it rises and then it falls with a transition, an inflection point somewhere in the middle that doesn't, the economist piece doesn't say what GDP per capita is typically associated with the inflection point, but it might be interesting to find out. But it did say that China and South Africa, for example, have both been through their inflection and the rate of road deaths is now falling since 1990. And the Philippines may have just passed its inflection point. Um, so the obvious question then is, OK, so if you have this transition, this Kuznets curve of going up and then going down, how do you move more quickly to the transition? How do you stop the deaths earlier? And it's got some ideas on infrastructure and uh, especially building big concrete you know, uh, dividers down the middle of roads in urban areas, uh, speed bumps and some other stuff. But it's just a very nice, that idea of the, the sort of the path from low death to high death to low death and then how that can be accelerated. So it was a really nice way of framing that discussion, I think. And what strikes me about road deaths is, although bits of the multilateral system really take it seriously, like um, you know the UN bodies and things like that, NGOs... Uh, no one the only NGOs working on this are relatively small and the big NGOs haven't really got stuck into this I have a personal theory which about this which I have no way of proving which is that big NGOs prefer the exotic to the familiar and since everybody knows about road traffic somehow it doesn't make for a sexy campaign or um, you know uh, uh, publicity materials but that may be just overly cynical on my part and there may be some much better explanations on Tuesday, three of my Oxfam colleagues, Francisca Mega, uh, Patricia Espinosa and Max Lawson, got stuck into the inequality statistics. So this is in the aftermath of the big Davos meeting uh, last week. Um, uh, Francisca, Patricia and Max were, were looking at what do we know about the inequality statistics? And, what, and they described it as a phony war where people are saying, no, inequality is getting better, getting worse, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. And it's partly a response to a big cover piece in The Economist a few, uh, couple of months ago, which said, you know, that inequality is not as bad as people are saying. And uh, I thought it was quite an interesting piece. They said, you know, 
they, they concentrate on what we do know. And what we do know is that the data is lousy, that we've got you know, incredibly weak data. Governments are not very good at collecting data on inequality, especially at the extreme ends, which means that academics like uh, Thomas Piketty are trying to fill the gap. Um, we think we know <laughs> that um, the majority of people in the world live in countries with growing inequality within those countries. And I think people are usually much more upset by inequality, which is close to home, than some global you know, debate. It's much more about whether you see people being really much better off or much worse off in your own country or in your own community. Um, they also make a good point, which is all the errors, you know, this terrible data, the errors are not symmetric. They tend to minimize inequality rather than exaggerate it. And the, the classic big error is that the very, very wealthy pay accountants lots of money to hide their wealth so they don't pay so much tax. So there's systematic underreporting of wealth and income at the very top. And that does make a big dent on the credibility of inequality figures. So for the, for the geeks and the stats uh, warriors, there's a nice piece to go and um, mull over there. On Wednesday, a much more tangible question. Kevin Watkins, the CEO of um, Save the Children UK, um, was, was at, the, at a big global forum on, on childhood pneumonia in Barcelona. And he wrote a sort of um, curtain raiser piece on the blog on this, just pointing out that this is a huge health emergency. 2,000 kids per day are dying from pneumonia. Um, there's coalitions. There's a, a coalition called Every Breath Counts. There's attempts to get it moving, but um, uh, and and it it should be easy in the sense that with early diagnosis and anti antibiotics, it's only fifty cents per person, you know, per case to actually sort out and, and prevent pneumonia deaths, and yet pneumonia deaths are falling slower than 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 other diseases like measles. So why is that? And Kevin's, Kevin thinks it's partly the victim profile. You know, that pneumonia is primarily a, a killer amongst the poor, both in urban and rural areas. It's a disease prompted by inequality. Um, and he's kind of an influential voice in the campaign to actually get people to take pneumonia seriously. Um, <clears throat> and, and he's got some new research um, from the States, which looks at interventions to the standard interventions to reduce pneumonia and what it finds is actually what you need is decent primary health care and the interventions that reduce pneumonia save almost twice as many lives in uh, preventing other kinds of deaths from diarrhea and sepsis so actually don't just target pneumonia sort out primary health care and you can cure you, know, you can kill several birds with one stone not not quite the right metaphor but you know what i mean on Thursday, I took a, a, a sort of bit of light relief and had a links I liked. The standout links I liked this week was um, all about SWEDO. I don't know if you've come across SWEDO as an acronym. Stuff we don't want. There's a long tradition of people sending bonkers stuff to, um, to uh, people who are in need after emergencies on, uh, of one kind or another. Um, and... In the Philippines, a bunch of people were evacuated recently from a volcano into a volcano evacuation center. And they were so amused, I think, maybe, by the clothes that they were offered that they actually did a whole sort of fashion show of selfies wearing ridiculous you know, wedding dresses and insane high heels and just generally 
bizarre contributions, stuff we don't want. And I'm a big fan of the, the SWEDO is a great acronym. It sums up a whole problem of sending old T-shirts or, or used shoes to people who really would rather not wear that sort of stuff. And the other thing on the links I liked, which I really liked, was um, a very nice video with George Monbiot and Greta Thunberg, um, uh, where they were just discussing, they've, they've got this magic carbon capture technology, which is amazing. There is this machine which can just scoop carbon out of the air and, and, and reduce um, you know, the pressure for climate, the, the climate crisis, and it's called trees. So that was a, a rather clever and very, very much watched uh, video. And then finally, uh, last post of the week was by um, Irene Hout and Filippo Artuso, both uh, two more Oxfam colleagues, and they had done a heroic task. Lots of organisations put out these big kind of trend scans. You know, these are the trends in the modern world. We've got to think about this and think about that, and these are the risks and these are the opportunities. And they read 22 of these things. I find them pretty dull, I have to say, but they read 22 of these scans and did a scan of scans about mega trends. So if you want to save a lot of time and see what a sort of a meta review of the futurologists and what they're saying, read, read the Iranian Filippo's post. Um, they, they clustered it into four. Technology with obviously both upsides and risks and people are more and more conscious of the risks uh, in terms of um, surveillance and you know, um, the dark web and all sorts of nasty, nasty aspects to, to technology. Demography which they subdivided into the whole question of ageing and uh, countries not replacing their populations and suddenly starting to worry about the, um, the, the, the pressure on the young of supporting more and more old people. Urbanisation, migration and sort of big, big health demographic health issues. Environment is the third sort of cluster and they look uh, obviously climate change, uh, but also resource scarcity, biodiversity loss, a bunch of other issues around um, planetary limits, planetary boundaries. And then finally, a sort of catch-all one, which they call power, which is about the sort of shift in geopolitical power with the rise of India and China and a sort of more multipolar global discussion. Um, inequality and what the implications for power and political capture are of rising inequality. Social cohesion and divisive narratives which are stoking up conflict. So if you want to so a good overview. I think that's not a bad place to start. And I'll leave it there and have a great weekend. Bye.